Welcome to the Niched Agency Podcast, where we delve into the journey of owners who have gone from saying yes to everyone in every project to thriving industry leaders and authorities. Here's your host, Ryan McGovern. Hello and welcome. Joined me today is our guest and of course, agency owner, Sully Chaudhry. Sully, welcome and thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Happy to, happy to. As soon as we met, I was like, I got to have this guy on. He knows his stuff. He built a cool business. Let's share that. I'd love to firstly kind of just dive into who you are, who you are, what your business is like, anything you can tell us. Be as descriptive as you'd like. What has been your professional story? Sure. So I started off my career kind of as a copywriter, content writer. I started before 2010, dating myself now, like 2008-ish. Okay. Started to get into content writing, but I was just a freelancer. I always had an interest in SEO and marketing in general, but started out the writer track and did some freelancing. And then I started to work for a startup in Seattle called aclscertification.com. I started from the very beginning with them. They were pretty much just an inception mode. And I worked with the founder. We built the business up pretty well, up to over a million in revenue per year. And I was kind of there helping with everything from marketing to paid ads to content, of course. What is ACLS standing for? ACLS is Advanced Cardiac Life Support. I knew it. Okay. I used to be a paramedic. Okay. So I've gone through ACLS training multiple times and done like recertification. (laughs) Like, why does that sound so familiar? But this was like five years ago. When I was a basic EMT, I went through BLS or basic life support. And then, yeah, Advanced Cardiac, where we did learning about arrhythmias and how to treat and everything. But tangent, I apologize. Yeah, that's funny. You're exactly right. So advanced cardiac life support, and we did BLS as well, which is basic life support. So essentially, it's a medical certification for doctors and nurses. And some of them, or a lot of them can do it online. Some of them have to do it in person. So there was the hybrid option for them to do it locally with the clinical skills evaluation, plus the online portion they could do with us. It's a very niche market. Time that we launched the company, there weren't that many competitors. So it really took off from the very beginning. So I worked with that company for about three years and then decided to move on and do my own thing. And at that point, when I moved on, I had ideas in mind for an agency, but I didn't know exactly what. And content was huge at the time around 2013. So I started writerarmy.com. It was between Writer Army and WriterGateway.com. And I just thought Writer Army had more of a ring to it. It's catchy. Yeah, it is. Started that brand. And then I wanted a platform at first, but I just couldn't find the right developers. They tried like different variations of BuddyPress and just it never really worked the way that I wanted. So it just became an agency. And we've just kind of had slow and steady growth since then. And we've dabbled into other services as well. We're doing SEO as well in terms of consult and other things, but our bread and butter, the core brand proposition is SEO content that's scalable. Yeah. From the beginning, we haven't relied a lot on technology in terms of like writer management, but we recently, I think we figured out the software thing after so long. And we do have an app now that we're using internally for writer management. We're up to over like a hundred writers. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Over a hundred writers constantly growing. We plan to add an AI feature as well for AI content that's coming up soon. Yeah. Chat GBT is hot right now. I really wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. That's the big topic. We can get into it in a second. Yeah. So that was when, how many years ago did Writer Army start? 
officially 2013. So I was doing it like part-time while freelancing still before it really took off like 2015-ish is when I started to do it like full-time. What's the team look like? Oh, we have a great team. So it's very global. The head of sales is out in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, but she's Estonian originally. We have team members from Colombia, Mexico, a few like internal team members like VAs from India. So pretty diverse. Love that. Love South America. Generally speaking, incredible work ethic. Very talented. Yeah, very talented. How many would you say? Like, what's the count? How many are in the army? There's close to 100 writers. Now all the writers are U.S. and Canadian. It really is an army. Truly is. Yeah, we're getting to the army phase now. And now with this AI thing, we don't think AI will replace writers. We don't think that. I don't think that personally, but I do think it's replacing a lot of the repetitive rephrasing type content that you see with SEO pretty common. We do a lot of spins, right? Like you can take a single handwritten article and spin it a few times and use it. Exactly. And it's great for that. What we have found it really useful for at SEO Brothers has been for some of our like just day-to-day tasks, like if we need to get a citation list, for example, or if we need to generate, give me the top 20 most populated cities or suburbs in this city. It makes keyword research a whole lot easier, for example, but we're not leveraging it for writing, content writing at all. But yeah, you said you don't see it taking over or really hitting you that hard. Can you give me the rationale? At least right now, there's a major reluctancy from SEO agencies to use it for SEO content because everybody thinks there's going to be a Google slap Yes, for AI-written SEO content. And I think that's pretty common in the industry that that's a fear. Yeah, we're in that boat. We didn't lose a lot of business. Now, we see reluctancy from new clients to sign up for human content right away. But I think that's the sales cycle in general. I think the market's changing. That's a different story. But I think on the SEO content side, I think AI is pretty solid in terms of producing some good content, but it doesn't have everything, of course. It may not pass AI detector or an advanced AI detector or Google's algorithm. There could be issues with that. And then if it's not a good set up with internal linking and headings and everything, it's not going to rank anyway. Yeah. And I know a lot of SEOs that are starting, like they can use it as a starting point. Give me 800 words on X topic. And I could take that and then, yeah, do proper internal, external linking. Make sure that keywords are mentioned X amount of times. Like use a tool like Surfer SEO, for example. Has it birthed a new offering for you? Is it like you have human? Okay. Yeah, so this is still in beta mode, but we're pretty close to launching a new offering, which is going to be AI content with human editing. Essentially, we want to combine the best of both worlds together and have a human review the content. And we'll use ChatGPT plus a few other algorithms, a few other tools that are out there to kind of make it better than what you might be able to do on your own with ChatGPT. And it's really designed to save marketers and agency owners and businesses time so they can provide us really basic specs. And then we can take that, produce a lot of content, but have it checked and formatted for SEO by a human. Right. No, I think that's really smart. And they can also save a little bit of money, a little less labor that goes into it. Yeah, it would be a substantial lower price potentially. Yeah. Are you leveraging Jasper as well? Is that part of the stack? There's an algorithm for ChatGPT. It's called DaVinci. Jasper is not currently part of the stack right now, though. 
No, I was just curious because since the buzz started happening a couple of months ago, obviously we were pretty quick to pick up on it, pretty early to pick up on it, but we started researching all sorts of tools, but that's really interesting. Have you sold a lot of those since? Like, can you tell us about that? Like, how's it been? Do you get pushback? Do you get skepticism? We get skepticism, new skepticism about content because I think the market has completely changed. I really do. I mean, you feel it in the reticence of even agency owners are always on top of recent changes in tech, right? So it hasn't really made its way down to the standard business owner or local business at all. It may take years for that to happen, but agency owners know what ChatGPT is capable of usually. And they've also typically used some of the other tools that came out a while ago. They just know that there's a lot of types of content that they can produce at scale. I think it's like 50-50, like half of them have this reticence about using AI content for their clients. The other half probably will use it. Maybe I'm wrong about that percentage. Maybe most of them will use it for their clients, but I do think they're taking a risk if they're not properly optimizing it and adding in natural language processing and making it look and sound like a human wrote it. Right, exactly. If they're just generating the content with an AI algorithm, that's hugely risky for their clients. Right. When you say that, do you mean like, okay, generate it, and then we're going to go through it and also write our own sentences, like every paragraph? What exactly do you mean? Generate it with whatever algorithms, whatever software that you use, and then making sure that it's a good algorithm, ChatGPT or whatever, but then also checking it with an AI detector or multiple AI detectors. Oh, I see. You can have your own that will tell you like, okay, you have this paragraph needs to change or whatever. Yeah, the wording in the paragraph, it's using a lot of terminology that AI typically uses. There are certain watermarks. There's a watermark that ChatGBT even mentioned there could be watermarks in the content. So there are indicators that it's written by AI and that's what the detectors look for. I think these detectors are way less sophisticated than Google. I think Google is going to be able to identify things like publishing frequency and all of a sudden you published 100 articles, but before you were doing like... One a month. Two a month. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're not stupid. They're going to have some way to identify AI content. So it is really, really risky, I think, at this moment. But we would mitigate that risk and we would let clients know that it is a risk. But we mitigate it by running it through the best AI detectors that we have. Is that proprietary or can you tell me what are a couple of good detectors? It's not proprietary. There's one called uh, GBT Plus or GBT Pro, one of those. That's the one that we're using. We're integrating it. Content at scale.com has one. They're a newer AI company that focuses on content. So they have a AI detector as well that we've been using and they have an API. So we have requested APIs from both of those tools. Nice. Love that. When the real buzz started happening, you didn't panic. You're like, all right, time to adapt. And you came out with a new service. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're doing it right. I know that if there were that big of a change that would shake up the entire SEO world, there might be a brief moment of like, oh, shit. (laughs) But then, you know, we'll figure it out. We always adapt. Like when Penguin came out, for example, everyone thought the sky was falling, but it all worked out in the end. Right, right. Forgive me, but I don't recall our very first conversation. You had maybe a need for ongoing SEO needs through SEO Brothers in that like technical space. Was that what it was about? I think it was. Yeah, it was more about fulfilling holistic SEO through partnership, which we're still working on as well. But 
Yeah, fulfilling technical and backlinking, which are not our strengths. Exactly. Right. Okay. I love to meet as many agency owners as I possibly can and hear their stories and talk to them. And maybe if it's five years from now, if we end up working together, I'll be happy. (laughs) Hopefully much sooner. I think it will be. But you mentioned that there was oh shit moment. Yeah, there was a lot of oh shit moments the past three months, honestly. I can imagine. Wasn't a smooth sailing to get to this point of realizing how we should pivot. We've all been kind of like freaked out about, okay, can this company really scale now at this point? The sales cycle has increased. It has not been smooth sailing. And that's just a fact of running an agency. You have to have your finger on the pulse of the day-to-day market. And things can change overnight, literally. I think this is going to be a positive change. I think we can scale, but definitely like facing a lot of new changes that we had to make quick decisions about. Sure. So embrace it mentality instead of being afraid of it. Yeah, absolutely. 10 years is a long time. If it was 2013, 10 years is a really long time. How did the evolution come about? Did you have any like breakthrough moments or like epiphanies or previous pivots that led to more success? Yeah, definitely. One big one was removing myself from the operation. Okay. What inhibited growth for so long is that I was way too involved with the operation and I was managing writers and I was doing all these things like editing, even writing, which is crazy to think about. But I was doing all of that because I thought, okay, this is what founders do. Founders should be involved with fulfillment, but that's not true at all for agencies. Yeah, you got to be working on your business, not in it. Exactly. So that took a long time to figure out. I came from an employee background. You know, I wasn't thinking as an entrepreneur. Sure. And had to break that mentality of, okay, cannot work in the business, have to work on it. It's better to always delegate, focus on the tasks that move the needle the most and delegate everything else that you can, really. Yeah, you are not alone there. I feel like that's a majority of agency owners, unless it's you come from that background or you've worked for many in the past, I suppose. But yeah, I can't blame you. Can't fault you for that. You also want to feel like you're doing as much as you can to make your business as successful as possible. And sometimes it's you get that little dopamine hit from getting some articles across the line. But now it's like, okay, I put this new process in place or I discovered this new vendor that I really love. Whatever the case may be, something that's pushing the business forward, that's going to move the needle a lot more than you stepping in to edit an article or two. Yeah. And we get to this point where it's absolutely more efficient to focus on biz dev and vision for the company. The things that I accomplished with the app, with this new service, I would not have been able to do it if I had been in the business. There's just no way. I have other ideas too that I'm planning to launch. And it's like to work on these other things, you just have to have that creative space, I think, as a founder. Yeah, absolutely. You have to give yourself enough time for sure. And it's a gradual sort of process too. You don't have to just immediately go cold turkey on working on projects. You can slowly pull yourself in and slowly replace people. But it's really hard for very small agencies to be able to do that that may only have a few contractors on payroll. We love to pull out little nuggets, I like to call them, from this show that our listeners can take. And that's certainly a nugget, Mm -hmm. is that work as much as you can on your business instead of in it. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Easier said than done. Oh, yes. Same scenario for mostly everything is, yeah, a lot easier said than done. And I have to always remind myself too, and I was in this place at one point that a lot of agency owners also have 
full-time jobs because they have to support their family and the agency isn't at a point where it can support the family. So they're juggling that as well as trying to grow this business. And it's very, very difficult. Were you ever in that point? Yeah, at the beginning, I didn't jump into it right away. Like I said, it was more like half time. I was like freelancing part time. Okay, yeah. Because you have to learn business. And like I did anyway, there's just a learning curve. It takes time. I mean, it takes experience. And you have to learn how to find the right service, the right product market fit and everything. So there was absolutely that process where I had to moonlight with the agency and freelance in the meantime. And yeah, just surround yourself with good people that can help you grow. And I get that. But yeah, there's also the business things like, oh my God, my first agency is like, I remember watching YouTube videos, figuring out how to reconcile my QuickBooks. Things like that that you don't think of until you have to do it. And a lot of them kind of suck. Let's be honest. There's a lot of hats you have to wear. You do, yeah. HR. What I was passionate about was web design. That's what I went to school for, but I haven't used that degree in many years. But yeah, I just started right into the ownership. Well, I did some web design freelancing for a little while, but then went right to ownership with a partner. And you said we a lot. Do you have a partner? Or what's it look like at the top for you? No, it's just me as it's my own business, but I plan to bring partners in for the portfolio of business ideas that I have, like a co-founder. I have a good CTO that will be a partner in equity. But right now there are no partners. I definitely plan to give equity to key people pretty soon, actually. Succession planning has been a hot topic around our business. And regardless of position, making sure everyone has a clear path. If you want to go from entry level to CEO, you know how to do that. And that has been a big eye-opener. It came from a leadership sort of coaching group that we're working with called Ruminate Group. And yeah, we realized we really only have this for a few positions. We really need it for everybody. You need the very basic SEO specialist, for example, to feel like they have the tools and they have the training, they have the knowledge to get up to that next step, which is like an SEO strategist, for example, and get that pay bump and get that really good feeling and that fulfillment. You know, if you're talking about employee churn, that's how you keep it down. But yeah, you having such a large team, there's so many extenuating circumstances. I'm sure you have to have some employee churn. It's just inevitable, but to minimize it, I suppose. Right. We have employee churn, but we try to be as flexible as possible. There's writers that have been with us for years, and then there's some that just do it on and off. And so it's pretty flexible on the writer side. And there's cycles, and we have people that have been with us for a long time in terms of operations. So it just depends. We try to provide an upward path as well. It's really important. Give them freedom, give them agency, the ability to work flexibly, remotely. And then we provide orientation in terms of keeping them up to date with the latest content marketing trends, as much knowledge as possible so that they can upskill as well, which is really important. We provide that to them, which is different than I think a lot of other content providers in the same kind of category that we're in. Oh, absolutely. I would say when I've hired people outside of a content writing company to write content, that's been on Upwork or Fiverr, let's say. Some of them really, really like that structure. But I would imagine if I were a writer, I would really like to work for a company and have a little bit more security and stability and like know that I'm going to have a paycheck. Your offering 
and who you serve is what I'd like to know a little bit more about and tell our audience a little bit more about. Do you have any sort of industry or niche that you like to serve? Or is your clientele all over the place? No, not really. I mean, so one of the big breakthroughs is that we service mainly one client with one product, which is SEO content for marketing agencies. But we do work with other industries because we have such a wide writer base and so many different types of articles and content that we've done for businesses as well. But no, the bulk of our revenue is from agencies. That probably won't change. I think we are a very good resource for them. We work well with other agencies. And so we call it white label content. It's content that's typically resold by the agency at, let's say, 100% markup or whatever as a part of an SEO package. Or we also do referrals with agencies as well as another way that we partner with them. We work with agency owners quite a bit, but we also work with businesses. We work with B2B SaaS. We work with CBD, cannabis-based manufacturing, home services, legal. We've done content for all of those industries as well. And we have partners that fulfill all the other things that we're not wanting to touch, which is quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. But a majority of that is that white label to agency owners. Yeah, the biggest portion of our revenue is, yeah. Okay. And like you said, you don't plan on that changing anytime soon. I don't think so. Yeah, especially with this AI offering. Sure, yeah. That's going to be really attractive to a lot of agencies. I hope so, yeah. Well, I have no doubt that purely AI and then AI plus human and then purely human, being in the middle with both, I think is fantastic. And I don't know if that's genius or not. Maybe every content company is doing this. That seems really attractive. I'm thinking about myself right now, but we're all agency owners. And it's often a gap that doesn't get filled or just gets referred out and you get a little referral bonus or maybe you have like a rev share, profit share, whatever setup. But being able to have like a white label partner that you can confidently have a good margin on your markup with, having that and having it be an established relationship with a person that you really trust, someone like you, way, 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 way more important, way more valuable to the business. Especially if you're like a built to sell kind of person and you want to eventually get to like a four hour work week, or if you want to sell someday, having those partnerships in place instead of relying on six different vendors to fulfill on six different services. I hope so. We have high hopes for this new offering. And I think there's a lot of agencies that have relied on us for a long time for our human content. But this will help us pivot in this like ever-changing market. And I think the way that we're doing it is pretty unique. Is it available now for any of your agencies to be able to purchase? It's available, but privately. So if they're interested, we can have a call with agency owners and get them onboarded. But it's only through word of mouth or basically you're one of the first people that I'm even discussing this with publicly. But it's available, but we're going to start doing the marketing soon. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully you're ready for a couple of calls that might come through. The cat's out of the bag. Yeah. We're ready. So we can start fulfilling the service. Yeah. It's ready to roll out to market. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. We've talked a lot about AI. We've talked a lot about human written content, AI content, and human and AI written content. And we say content, I think people throw that word around quite loosely. Are we talking about like web copy? Like we'll write your service pages, we'll write your homepage, we'll write your blog content. Or do you limit yourself to any of those areas? 
Actually, the bulk of it is blog content, pillar content, and landing pages. I would imagine, yeah. But are there any of that service page, industry served page kind of deal? Yeah, we have copywriters. So we do service pages, case studies, white papers, ebooks, social media copy. We do all the other types of copy as well. Sure. It's just that SEO happens to be a constant need. Yeah. So you can be a one-stop shop for all content needs. Usually, not usually, but sometimes owners would have to go to one person for their blog copy and one person for their social media because that company specializes in social media management, for example. But you're one-stop shop. I love that. Yeah, for all types of content. We have the writers organized by skills now in our app. So we know that this writer is good at social media copy, sales copy, and SEO copywriting. We have the data on all of our writers, and that's another benefit at this point. When somebody gets onboarded, do they choose who they work with then? They're not choosing it directly. We manage it. Okay, so this is an internal system. It's an internal system right now. We may roll it out publicly, but we're using it internally right now, yeah. Okay, cool. Sully, I feel like it's important for you to have one foot in one shoe. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I don't think it's very easy to, quote unquote, enter the market or get traction without one product for one target. So your salespeople and all the people that are promoting your offering are going to have to learn the sales cycle, learn the sales process and learn the product. When you're trying to sell 10 different services, whatever you want to call them, services or products, to the market and you're not really growing, it's probably because you're just spreading yourself too thin and you're making it way too complicated. Absolutely. We updated our homepage. We've had a lot of good talks about this, Ryan, and like we updated our copy to be very simplistic about what we do. And we do other things other than our core offering. But the main thing that we're promoting is that one product for one target. And that's been pretty consistent. And we've been steadily growing with consistency since we focused on that. Because of that, yeah. Because of that, yes, absolutely. There's so many agency owners out there who are, yeah, they're trying to do all the things. You heard it in our intro, but they're trying to do ads, SMM, PPC, SEO, you name it, and be like this holistic marketing company. But they're just a dime a dozen. And you're just... By putting yourself in that list of, yep, I can do it all for you. We're going to do everything from our very first strategy sessions all the way down to the copywriting. Like (laughs) Someone is going to look at that and think, how can you possibly be good at all of these things? Yeah. Whereas going to a specialist like yourself or a specialist like SEO Brothers that just does SEO, you look at that and that's like going to... And ear, nose, and throat doctor, because you have a consistent problem with your ear. You know, it just makes sense, mm-hmm. at, at least for me. But we've pulled out a lot of good nuggets here, Sully. I really appreciate you coming on and for your time, of course. Time is money, right? That's going to do it for us today. I've been your host, Ryan McGovern of SEO Brothers. Thank you so much to our guest, Sully, for being here. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Niche Agency Podcast, everyone listening. We upload new episodes every Thursday at 12 Eastern. If you're an agency owner trying to niche, scale your business, you have a need for SEO, white label SEO, I'd love to speak with you. I'm the director of sales here at SEO Brothers. My email is ryan at seobrothers.co. And if anything Sully said about content, content writing, whether it be chat GPT, whatever has resonated with you, give him a call. He's the guy to talk to. Maybe not a call. Sully, how can they get a hold of you? <laughs> yeah. Calls may not work, but depends on the time of day. But yeah, sully at writerarmy.com is 
my email. You can also reach me on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Sully Chaudhry on LinkedIn, but they may have to get spelling from you. Yeah, and that's just so everyone knows. C-H-A-U-D-H-A-R-Y. That's right. Well, hey, thanks again, man. It was really good talking to you again. You too. We'll talk soon.